0: hey tony hey kevin <laughs> <laughs> all right it's july 29th 2018 beautiful sunday we just had today huh it was beautiful we were just at uh the Drogs Neck bridge by fort totten it was beautiful so you said the first year kick your ass yeah. at law school yeah i mean you've always been a high achiever yeah. high school college yeah you get to law school I mean, obviously, Harvard's a great school, yeah. but there's also 500 people. Yeah, 560, so you would, actually. Yeah, yeah, so you would think that with so many people, you have some scrubs, some really smart people. <laughs> at the end of the day, it'd be kind of easy to kind of find your way because yeah. there's so many folks. Yeah. But at the end, you said it's
1: been a very challenging experience. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely been challenging. Um, yeah, it's like, so how the system works is that each class is five 560 kids. Um, and then you have in a class seven sections, and each section is eighty people um and then you see those eighty people every day for an entire year, just like same classes, same reading, same exams and luckily my my section was very nice, but I think they're also like really smart, like really, really smart and i and you can 't even like hate on people like that because they 're just like really nice. Like, let's say in in class, right? Um, Another terrifying aspect of law school is that you're constantly on call. And what that means is it's not like college lectures where you just kind of, like, show up and, like, passively take notes. And you can, like, still – like, it's in your interest to pay attention. But you can, like, kind of zone in, zone out based on the the lecture. But law school, like, every – like, the professor can call on you at any time, like, ask you a question – and you're supposed to like drive forward the class. And you know, it can be like, hey, so this this case, like what was it about? Or like, this 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 thing that the judge said, what does it mean? Or like, what was the ruling and what was the reasoning? And if it's wrong, the professor will call you out blah blah and like if you don't know what what you're talking about, you also look like like as you said, you look like a massive scrub, right? At the end of the day, you're not graded on class participation almost you almost almost every time like almost always you're not really graded on class participation, but it's like uh you're in like sort of like an amphitheater, it's like a horseshoe shape, it's like a sunken arena sort of sort of structure, so you don't want to scrub out right, and so people in my section are really nice, like they'll help each other out right it's like if I don't know, they'll like whisper tips and whatever, but like the downside to them being smart is that you have to compete against them, and it's not like college humanities classes where like I know at Columbia, I remember like the humanities requirements. Like there would be classes. I'm looking at my transcript, right? Columbia's transcript has percentage of A grade. So like if you get an A minus or above, it'll tell you what percentage of the class got it. I remember certain core requirements like music history or something. It'd be like 95% of the class got A minus or above. It's not really much of a curve, is it? It's more like a scythe. It's like a scythe of a, you know. Yeah, and so it's not like that here. It's not like that at Harvard. They had a, at least for 1L, like, black letter law classes or, like, just, like, like big classes, um, they they had to follow a strict curve. They don't, they don't tell you officially, like, what it is, but it's, like, roughly, like, 30% get what is known as an H, which is honors, and that's the equivalent of an A, a 4.0 GPA, and the rest of the class either get a pass, which is, like, a B, and then a low pass, which is, like, a C, and then like two or th- maybe like two kids in a class will get A pluses, but it's basically like the buckets are really big, right? There's no there's no gradation. So even if I worked hard, like really hard, and I instead of getting an A minus, I got like a B plus, right? And I was like the highest B plus, I just get grouped with like B minuses, Bs, and B pluses all, right? So it's like what would normally be like uh like a three point three three. It's like everything from like two point six seven to three point three three is just clumped into one. So it's kind of it's kinda of stressful. Like that actually happened to me for my contracts class where like the professor like was like, Oh yeah, these are like the best grades that I've seen for a section, right? Like I was like, Why are you guys so good? And then I ended up like right at the cu- right at the cusp and he was like, Yeah, so like this grade in the past would have gotten an A or like an A plus but yeah, you're your section's really smart, so yeah, good job, but you know, and you know, it's, it's, you take it as it is, right? Like it's at the end of the day, it's a like there's a bit of there's obviously a heavy element of like skill. Like you need know the material that's like a prerequisite, but it's not sufficient. It's not a sufficient condition for you getting a good grade. In other words, like there's an element of luck to it, right? It's like a subjective thing. It's not like math where there's like a right answer. Like it's you write English sentences and then you try to get at certain topics. So yeah, it's it's, it's like there's an element of luck to it. So I would say that, like, yeah, so, like, Harvard is a very competitive school. People are generally nice, but it's, like, everyone who get, who gets there is, like, already, like, super, like, self-driven. They're, like, very harsh on themselves, or at least I am. I've always been very, like, harsh on myself. And that's probably, like, that's, like, the thing I tell interviewers. Like, you know, like, well, when you go to, like, interviews, they tell you what's your biggest weakness. And I know what my biggest weakness is. It's also my biggest strength. It's, like, a double, it's a classic double-edged sword of being really harsh on myself, like, I am very critical of myself, which allows me to see things, like, flaws in myself that I can work on, but at the same time, it's, like, while it drives me forward, it's almost, like, sometimes I whip myself too hard, and that can be bad, right, it's, like, not everything is, bu- like, just because you have flaws doesn't mean that you're, like, a flawed person, you know what I mean? Like, everyone has flaws, it doesn't necessarily make you, like, flawed, and it's just like it's some, But sometimes when you're like really getting yourself, criticizing yourself and criticizing yourself strongly enough such that you are, you're driven enough to like, quote unquote, beat the competition, like that's pretty tough on yourself mentally. And that's something that I've been aware of trying to work on. But at the same time, it's very, yeah, it's very tough. And I found that to be the case in law school. Yeah, it's, like, there's no, there's no, you can't, like, argue with the, with the professor, like, in college, being, like, yeah, so, like, I think this answer is actually correct, but they don't even allow for that. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's been tough, but, I mean, did I do fine academically? Sure, like, but it's, it's, always, it's always, like, a case of, like, like, whenever you climb, like, a mountain peak, like, there's always, like, a taller one, like, right above you, and, like, when you're climbing, like, and it's, like, hard to, like, look down. Like, because when you're climbing, you're, like, thinking about, like, how to get up to the next place. But it's, like, the air gets thinner and thinner and, like, you know, like, the number of people, gets like, it's, 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 it's tough. Um, like, for example, like, my grades are fine. But, like, if you want to do stuff, like, you want to clerk for, like, federal judges who are, like, high up, right? Like, like in, the, in the federal court system, there's three levels. There's a Supreme Court at the top. There's a circuit court. The courts of appeal at the, the level below that. And then there's a district court. And, like, just clerkships, I mean, if you're clerking for a judge, you're basically, like, their assistant. So you help them do legal research, you help draft opinions, so like, help them with, like, everyday court stuff. But those are very competitive because they're, like, very important positions in, like, American government. Um, but if you want to, like, get those, you need to have, like, really, really good grades. And I think I'm competitive for a lot of them. But, like, if we're talking about like a top level, like, I'm not trying to be a Supreme Court clerk here. But, like, but the but the people who are studying next to me will be. You know what I mean? It's like the the people that you hear about in the news are like the ones sitting next to you, and like you're the competing against that you're competing against. That gets very tiring, especially especially if they're nice. So you can't like you know you just gotta be like, damn. You know you you know you know the saying like God is fair, right? Like you know like everyone like even like this like if someone has like a great you know like suite of talents, like they got to be lacking in something. I don't think that's necessarily true, right? Like. And to be fair, like I don't know their personal lives, right? But yeah, I mean, like these these people, like they can study really well. They can still go out and drink, like still make lots of friends, and yet, yeah, and they do everything. But yeah, I got I got to choose one. I got to choose one or two, and maybe like maybe two, and like you know, go for it like that. But these people, man, it's it's like it's almost like it's almost like awe inspiring to like see them at work, being like, holy crap. So you guys are so smart. Like, I, I look at, like, they're, and they're really nice, too, right? So they'll share their answers. i mean, like, yeah, so, like, I did really well last semester. This is what I wrote. And you be like, holy shit. Like, this is, this is, this sounds better than what, like, this guy came up with it on the fly, right? I mean, sure, he studied, right? But, like, the actual, you know, assembly of words to convey these complex ideas, he did it in the, under a time constraint. And this guy just sounds better, like, prosaically than what I, like, spend, like, hours crafting, right? I'll be like, oh, like, change around that word, change around that there, like, you know, be paranoid about words, and then put something together. I'll be like, oh, this, like, objectively is, like, more succinct and, like, you know, and more intelligent. I'm like, damn, dude, what can I do, right? What can I do? So, yeah, it's like, even if you're, you know, I consider myself driven, I consider myself hatching, but when you, like, even, even when you're there, there's always, like, someone above you, right? There's always someone better than you. Like, you know, like, we're both Korean, like, there's a Korean saying, like, yeah, you know, like, there's like, like, when you when there are people who like walk, there are people who run, and then above them, they're like the people who fly. It's like it's a crazy. Do you know what, Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, okay, you can you can cut that part out, but yeah, man, it's just it's a lot, and you know, and I always like ask myself. So I didn't get the best grades. And, and like, I don't mean that in, like, a euphemism for, like, I got bad grades. I got good grades, right? Like, and I got better – I did better in my spring semester, Um, you know. So, like, I I got good enough grades so that I don't have to, like, really worry about, like, recruiting. In other words, like, what law firms I can – like, as long as I don't mess up my interviews, like, I have, like, the balls on my court in terms of, like, where I want to end up. And that's great. But – and I ask myself, like, right now I'm not really in a position to, like – I'm not, like, a top at the top, Right? So I asked myself, like, could I have done more? And this is this is that side of me that's always very critical of myself, because I've been given an opportunity, right? Like, I, I'm I'm just this kid that immigrated to the states when he was seven years old. Like, mom and dad, like regular, like lower middle class people. Like, we started out in like the basement of some dude's house in Long Island. Like, we're pro- we're pro- probably paying like super below market rent, like, like the walls are moldy and all of that and like it was like a rough beginning right and like we grinded we grinded and somehow like it's like the American dream story right like somehow we like I, I just kept on working hard got, got to like went to Columbia on a full ride like had a great experience there like somehow ended up at Harvard Law and that's like crazy right it's like crazy how this is like available to me and so one half of my brain is like fully aware dude just shut up and look at yourself like you're at fucking Harvard Law, right? And you're like doing like well enough to be like I don't know, like I don't know what the rankings are. It's like top twenty, top twenty-five of the class, which like sounds great, right? But and yet I always like ask myself because this is like that. This is the fundamental question that has got that has propelled me, like throughout my years. What could I be doing better, right? And I just keep on keep on asking myself that question, right? So for example, there. Are, there were milestones that I did not meet, right? Like, I didn't get all A's, right? It's like, what could I have done more? Like, instead of playing, like, instead of being stressed out and playing, like, a game of League of Legends or something, right? Instead of, if I, instead of doing that and, like, spending more time, like, proactively, even, like, exercising, right? Such that, like, my body is in a better condition stamina-wise to, like, handle, the, like, the rigors of studying or something know keep myself in better shape or like you know like have conversations like this where i'm like it's like therapeutic right like you get less stressed out you look like you release the burden and like you also reconnect with friends and like which reminds you of like what it's all about etc etc maybe that could have increased my performance but like those are things i didn't do and at the time i'm like was i being like too lazy was i being like too complacent you know and, like, those are questions I ask myself. So even, if, so even though I did well, objectively, I ask myself, could I have done better? And I'm, not, and I'm not talking, like, no life, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking, like, 14, 15, 16 hours a day work, right? I'm not saying, like, have no life whatsoever and just dedicate myself to succeeding at school. It's like, how could I have been a better person? And, yeah, and, like, I think that's, like, a pretty good segue into, like, the other stuff that we were talking about in the car, right? Because it's, like, I I ended up performing well, but it's, like, I, I looked at the stuff that prevented me or just, like, was weighing me down. And, yeah, and there was, like, a lot of stuff happening in my personal life. And I think we're, and it's really sad that. You and I are approaching an age where we're just, like, maybe, just maybe starting to figure things out in terms of, like, adulting, to, like, put that as, like, a verb, or a rather. But it's, like, yeah, like, we're 25 now. Like, you and I are probably thinking of, like, setting up, like, you know, moving out or something, like, setting up our own places, like, and yet, like, as we're securing, like, our own income and, like, our own careers, like, the people that we love around us that, like, and I distinctly remember being yelling and being like, yeah, like, when you grow up, you're going to, like, help me out, right? Like, like help me out as in, like, you know, it's like it's, it's almost like a joke, but basically, like, make them proud, right? Like, you know, show me, like, what you can do, blah, blah, blah. And yet, these people, because I've gotten older, like, they are becoming weaker. Like, my grandparents, my own parents, um, yeah, like two of my grandparents and I have three surviving grandparents right now like two of them got were diagnosed with cancer in like the last year like during law school right and there's really nothing I can do like I can't like fly back like thankfully like they caught it early enough or like they caught it in a way that like they both were okay and they are okay now it's in remission but it's like really stressful right and like my parents are like look there's nothing you can do and, like, I recognize that, but also just hearing there's nothing I can do is, like, not the greatest feeling, right? Like, there's nothing you can do. That doesn't really fill you with the sense of, like, empowerment. Certainly not. And, yeah, that happened. Another thing was, um, yeah, it turns, like, my, my... One of my uncles, well, I consider him an uncle, but he's not, He's not like, a brother of my dad. He's my dad's best, best, best friend. Um, he was in Korea, and, like, we were really close. Like, he was probably... Except for my dad, probably like the closest male figure that I had when I was growing up in Korea, and even when like I would visit him from the states, like every couple of years, right? Although that stopped for a while now. Even though when I would visit him, um, like we could we could still catch up, and it just like you know it was like a great connection. But yeah, like so, my dad told me that he had he like he had apparently his friend had committed suicide, and yeah, it was like. Yeah, I I don't want to get into, like, all the literally, like, how he did it and, like, whatnot. But, you know, basically, like, loneliness, right? And I don't know. It just feels like as I'm getting ahead in life, right, like, I almost feel guilty or, like, I get, like, it's, like... And, like, the relationships around, I I feel like humans are very social animals, I think. I don't know if it's, like, Aristotle or someone who said this. But, like, I feel like human connections is, like, what anchors a human being down to, like, the world. And as I'm, like, developing myself as, like, a node, right? Like, within this, like, web of connections, like, it just feels like as I'm strengthening, sometimes, like, the other nodes that I'm connected to are, like, weakening. And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like, why aren't we all getting better? Like, why can't that be the case, right? I'm getting better. And yet, the world is, like, not necessarily fair or rational, right? It's not necessarily predictable. And so, yeah, like, with, with this happening, I was just, like, there were, there were nights where I just, like, wouldn't be able to, like, fall asleep because I just keep thinking. It's like, you know, my uncle was, like, yeah, like, sorry, I'm, like, really lonely. He didn't say that to me, right? But he, like, that's, like, the message he left. And I was, like, there's so many thoughts, right? It's, like, so, it's, like, there's, sometimes thoughts are so complicated in your head that you even, you just, like, give up trying to categorize them. You try to give up trying to figure out how you feel. You just know you feel shitty. And then you just kind of, like, and that's when it kind of gets dangerous because then, like, the feelings just kind of, they they are what they are and they just kind of, like, overwhelm you. Yeah, just being like I felt it was like survivor's guilt and was like, wait, but I also feel lonely, you know, and yet how am I feeling lonely when like I have my friends? I guess they're just far away and just like a lot of thoughts and just I don't think I mentally fully recovered from work necessarily either, right? Because like I was working like like juniors, like first year associate hours in my firm. It's like really busy stuff and I don't think I never like fully like reset um before law school so i went into law school still kind of like mentally fatigued and it was like the toughest academic like caliber of my life right in terms of like who i'm competing with like where i'm at and also like the location right like i'm just in a different place and yeah it was just like it's just like my my year has been such a weird mixture of holy shit i'm at harvard right like there's a picture of me like a fat chubby not, not even like cute like Russell from Up, like cute chubby. It's like, it's like kind of gross, like prepubescent, like sort of pimply, you know, with, like little bit of mustache. That that sort of like terrible fashion sense. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Like that sort of fat. On like right next to the the Harvard Law School, there's like a, like a stone sign on the campus. I, we, the, the, the context of the picture was that we were trying to take. We were my parents were trying to find the Harvard University campus, you know, the whole thing with like the statue, on our way out of Boston. But we like couldn't find it. We like overshot it, so we ended up further further up at Harvard Law School. and We're like, all right, this is good enough, and we'll go to Harvard Law School, right? You know, I didn't. I didn't. End, I didn't end up making it to Harvard College, like the um, like the, for undergrad. I think I was like waitlisted and rejected, but I ended up making it there. So like in a way, like it's. I've thought about it a long time, and even when I was, like, studying for the LSAT, which is, like, a really difficult test, you know, I set my goals, and I choose, and I'm like, holy crap, like, I'm at this place where it's, like, you know, it's, like, pretty much, like, my dream school, right? It's, like, a mixture of that, like, being aware of what a great privilege it is to be me, right? And yet, confronting all the obstacles or... That come along with the package of being me, like the like everything that I've talked about from like how hard I am on myself, right? Because there are people who are also high achieving, who are just like more confident, right? Who are just like more like, hey, let's take it in stride. But it's almost like my source of fuel is like not like like it's not like a, it's not like renewable energy it's not like a sustainable source of fuel. You know what I mean? Like it's like sort of an analogy, but it's like. It burns like it gets me moving forward, but it's kind of like toxic, you know, it's like it doesn't it's not good for the environment. It's not good for my bodily environment. And yeah, there are some people who I aspire to be like, or they're just like, they're still high achieving, but they're like doing in like a very like, or at least it seems like a healthy way. And just like things about things about myself and all these external things that are happening with family And, yeah, I mean, like, thankfully, my friends are very supportive, you know, including, you know, my my girlfriend's my best friend. And she's been very supportive as well. And so, like, I still had that support network. And, like, yeah, like, you know, you reaching out to me, especially, like, when I'm just, like, so preoccupied with, like, work or just, like, studying. I'm just like, crap, like, this is, like, something that I need to do and I do it. But then, like, I just get so tired that I don't have the energy to, like, do the other, like, human things. But yeah, like friends reach out, friends help out, and that's like really helped me get through it. But yeah, like the year has been it's been it's been very tough. But yeah, I don't like I guess like it would help if, we, if there was like a central theme to this. I don't know if like one all year at Harvard is necessarily like a super like you know, it's not like exactly a populist theme, right? But yeah, it does it does it the podcast doesn't necessarily have to be about that. But my long-winded answer to, like, how my year was was basically, like, shit. Like, I I didn't really know what I was signing up for. And, yeah, it did kick my ass. But I think I kicked some ass back, right? And I think that's the takeaway. And hopefully, like, the ratio of ass-kicking can be more in my favor the second year, you know? So how do you
0: define ass-kicking versus non-ass-kicking? You know, what are the criteria for success? And I'm sure, like, your definition of success and what you value changes... With each stage of your life, you mm-hmm. know hunter, Columbia yep. with girlfriend without girlfriend, mm-hmm. now at law school, um, how has that kind of changed, and what do you think are the big principles for you now
1: yeah well that's a fantastic question. I should probably shut up more so you can ask more questions because I was not expecting that. How do I define ass kicking yeah i don't I don't know, and I think that's that gets at like a really fundamental It's, like, it gets at a fundamental aspect of, like, who you are and, like, how you view happiness, right? And that's, like, the money question, right? Like, not, like, money, money, like, dollar money, but that's, like, that is the question, you know? Like, how do we live our lives, basically? And I think it has certainly changed. I think high school, I had no idea what I was doing. It was more like, hey, study hard. Like, you'll figure it out. That sort of thing. I didn't necessarily know I wanted to be a lawyer. Like I, you know, like ever since I was young, people told me to be a lawyer because I would just always talk back to people. Especially in Korean culture, that's a big no no. Um, yeah, like especially like back, especially back when I was in Korea, like it didn't matter if it was like someone my age, someone like a couple of years older than me in school. When you're supposed to, because you're literally supposed to call anyone who's older than you. Older brother or like older sister, like you know you know this, right? It's like you literally have to call them like so. Kevin, if you were older than me, you have to be like Kevin, big brother, right? Or like big brother Kevin. Like you would need to have like a suffix or a prefix next to your name when I'm addressing you. Otherwise, you can sh- you can shut at me for it because it's just not socially acceptable. Doesn't and it doesn't it didn't matter if it was like someone a couple of years older than me or like someone who's like decades older than me. If someone said something that I disagree with, I'll just be like, yeah, no, that's wrong. But unlike, like, they'll be like, yo, that's rude. I'm like, no, you're rude for like saying anyway. So like I, I, people told me to be a lawyer, but I never like made up my mind. Right. Cause it's like, I have no connections. Like my, my dad sold insurance here and my mom was a housewife and well, not anymore. I and mean, that's a whole crazy other thing that we can get into. But it's like, yeah. Or at least like when I was considering this, my mom was a housewife and yeah, my dad, no connections. And so it's like, yeah. And, and it just seemed like a very like human connections driven industry. I mean, I ended up making the plunge, but yeah. But in, in in high school in Hunter, I was just like, "I'll figure it out." Like, I'll just work hard at it and figure it out. Um, sure, Daniel right? I think I think the definition changed somewhat when I got to college, um, because in in high school it's like everything has a goal, right? It's more like, all right, so you like, how can you increase the chances of getting into an Ivy League, right? At Hunter or like at high school, rather. Good grades, you know. Good SAT. Do your extracurriculars. That's what colleges care about, and that's how you like gear your gear your experience. But in college, like it, the like, theoretically, because law school at that point, I'd like made up my goal about law school. Similar principles should have applied, and what I mean by that is law schools care about your GPA, your LSAT score maybe a little bit of extracurriculars like work experience right so i feel like maybe that should have like really or heavily oriented how i approached college but it didn't really i just kind of you know took the classes that i was interested in um you know provided that i was like still functioning highly enough so that like my gpa like met the cutoffs of the schools that i was interested in and like more importantly in college like i a lot of student government. Um, like, at Columbia, there's um, there's this governing board called the Activities Board at Columbia. They help decide club allocations. Um, and I did that for four years, which is kind of crazy. And I actually was president for two years, and I don't think that's ever been done before. Not because, like, people couldn't do it. You know what I mean? It's not like there weren't people who were qualified, more qualified than I was. It was just like, they just didn't want to do for two years because it's just like a lot of work, but I don't know. I just ended up being like really invested in it because Columbia is not really great for school spirit, and I think anyone at Columbia will be the first to admit this. And rather where school spirit at Columbia comes from is like the small subcommunities, with like clubs. And I thought I was really helping people find friendships and pursue their passions concurrently to their academic studies. So I saw a lot of value in that. And that's kind of, like, how I defined kicking ass in, in the sense that making a difference in people's lives, right? Like, not just, like, my life in terms of, like, how do I get to the next college or how do I get to the best law school? It's, like, what, you know, while doing what's expected of me, like, what while meeting those, how can I also, like, give back, right? How can I have the most positive impact on people's lives and like for example just like one simple example is like i don't know how you did it at cornell but like when when clubs book space for like the coming year right like you just gotta log into it at a certain time and it's like bid for places right bid for slots and hopefully you get the slots Columbia they had a thing similar but then like they had it at 9 a.m so, like, what would happen is that clubs would just haze their youngest people, being like, yo, you wake up at 9 a.m. and just type in the login password and ID and just go for it. Which is, like, really stressful, right? And 9 a.m. like is not a great time to wake up for a college student. You know what I mean? Like, if you have 9 a.m. classes, sure. And also, even if you have 9 a.m. classes, yeah, you'll, be, you'll, you'll wake up, but you have class to worry about. You need to, like, absorb materials. And I realized that having thought about it the only reason it is because someone someone who came up with the policy was just like an administrator and was like hey like workday begins at 9 let's have it open at 9 then I'm like there's absolutely no reason no benefit to having it at 9 versus like noon it's not like there's like a time crunch and we need every single hour possible right and so I was like hey I talked to the administrators in charge of the school and was like look let's have it be at noon lunch break right like there's no classes people don't have to unless you're like a degenerate you're not like dying waking up at 12 o'clock before 12 o'clock right so i changed it and it wasn't a change that just benefited the groups that were under my governing board which is like 170 groups and their students but the entire school right and that's something i'm really proud of because it's like it's like a simple thing and yet think about like the amount of utility generated by that right in other words like think about every kid Every 18, 19-year-old who does not have to, like, worry about this stupid administrative thing, waking up at 9 a.m., putting in the right thing, and being responsible for their club space next year, like you just do it at noon when you're free. No one knows I did it, right? I mean, like, the board that I was in charge of knew that I did it because I was like, hey, guys, this is something that I did. And like, yeah, great job. But, like, look, that's, like, one year, right? Like, no one's going to – like, I'm not written down in the annals of history that I did this for people. And, yet it makes me proud because – I think every year for the hundreds of groups and actually twice a year, because it's once per semester. Some poor kid doesn't have to wake up early because I just made this change. And that's like a really simple thing. And it can be more complicated. There's like more substance policies, like explaining how clubs do allocate, like like when, when we tell clubs how much money they get, telling them exactly the reason why they got how much they did. Because there's so many clubs and we have our own shit to do, oftentimes it's just like, here's the money, deal with it. But that's, like, not really, like, the ideal way to do things, right? Because, like, there's, like, not really accountability in either direction, right? Because, like, why did we make the decision? And also, like, if you're making the decision that way, like, why should we, like, you know, how are, are you even, like, keeping track of us? Like, maybe we can just, like, get away with more bullshit, right? It's, like, not a great setup. And so, yeah, it ranges from, like, really simple things to just changing the, like, the pre calendaring time to just, like, you know, make doing what's right, even though it takes more work. And I think that was very different from the way I approached high school. Because high school just had, like, this, like, guillotine of college admissions hanging over my head, which I wanted to, like, avoid fucking up. And while law school, I guess it helped that law school is more formulaic because law school, there's like a higher, higher predictability as long as you have like your LSAT and GPA in order. But yeah, it, it, and, and and I think that's what made it sort of different in college in terms of like how do I define kicking ass? I think that changed from putting my position in a in a, in a position to succeed career wise and academically, but also just like making a positive difference. I think that's good that it happened that way. And I think maybe why I describe law school as me not kicking ass is that I didn't feel like I was, like, really making a positive difference because I was just so focused in on myself. You know what I mean? Like, not, not that I've already made this, like, now that I've already made this transition, not that I've already made this transition of, like, kicking ass is not just grades, it's it's not it's not just grades. It's, it's like it's like the other stuff in the package too, but just based on how busy things were in law school, I like I had to revert back to this mentality of like, do well in school, maintain like your friendships, like stay in touch, like keep like keep a healthy relationship, long distance, and all that. That sort of stuff that really made me feel fulfilled kind of fell to the way fell to the wayside. I mean, that's why I was like. I didn't get to kick ass. I got I got some of my ass kicked because I like gave that part of my part up gave up on that part of myself. You know what I mean?
0: So I think in high school, or at least for college admissions, right, it's obviously a very important thing that we care yeah. about given kind of the environment that we grew up in. College admissions, values, kind of those main principles that make a person well rounded in some respect. You yeah. know, having good grades means, you know, some degree of intellectual curiosity but also yeah. success. Then you have extracurriculars, which, you know, allows you to kind of explore the more social aspects as well as any other interests you have. Right. Yeah. And so because those things are like pretty well controlled for the app process, you kind of have to optimize your performance in each way and more or less a cookie cutter way. Right. You have to be president of like X number of things, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. When you get to college, the guillotine is not college admissions, but law school admissions where it's. Yeah, at least for me, because I knew I wanted to apply. Yeah. And that's just purely kind of the grades rather yeah, than previously. Yeah. It's so. really,
1: it's really like more, if we had to do like percentage wise, like your side is like 60% of what, of the determination and 30% is your undergraduate GPA and the 10% is like soft factors. Um, but my soft factors are fine. Like I did plenty of clubs. I was on student government. I don't really know how much they cared necessarily or how much they understood the extent to which I put in the work and the amount of hours I put in. But, yeah, like I felt pretty secure, right? Like there are certain law schools that even when you are even when you have all the specs, it's it, based on the number of spots available, it becomes sort of a crapshoot. I was fine with that, though. Like either way, I would have ended up fine. Like I, I knew I was going to go to a school that would give me a good shot at doing the things I wanted to do with my career. So yeah, so like the the, gu- the guillotine wasn't the same, I think. You know? Yeah, so it was helped. a lot less
0: constraining in the variables, right? Yeah. So it was purely more about your grades and that other, you know, quality of being a well-rounded individual. Yeah. Exploring interests, managing people—that was more free-flowing. That and that allowed you actually to, yeah, kind of explore something that you enjoyed, which is you know making an impact for other people that might not be quite as visible to an adcom, let's say. Yeah. So when you went to the let's say the third stage of your life which is yeah. kind of your first work experience yeah at that point the guillotine is it differs person by person right like you've locked up law school which yeah. is really the fourth stage yeah so the third stage what do you think was that guillotine and what do you think were the factors that you really kept in mind as you kept working for the first time
1: yeah working was extremely challenging um in the sense that it's just very different from school because at school you are the client you're the one paying the money um and so the school as an institution is supposed to kind of cater towards your needs and what your needs are is getting an education fulfilling your qualifications for preparing for your career i mean i guess it dip- differs across, across industries but a law firm everything that, from like the cans of like you know, seltzer that you drink from, like, the coffee. It's paid for with client money. So you cater to the client. And I guess, like, living on someone else's time was a foreign concept to me, you know? And, I, and it took a while to adjust, especially because when it came to motivating myself, trying to accomplish what I wanted, no problem, right? But it's like when you're sort of at the whims of someone else, that's like a different animal. And so that that I think kind of like what, that that I had not yet developed like a professional mindset. And I think that's why, probably why law schools value people who have work experience before, because they're like people who apply straight through from college versus like people who have work experience that like you don't really know until you've done it in terms of just working in an office day in day out, not knowing that it's not like a summer situation where like once the summer is over, as long as you can like, as long as you haven't burned any bridges and you can secure a reference from someone, that's it. Like it's like the reset button is hit, you know, but a real life firm is like different, like day in, day out, five to seven days a week, you're working and you're, put together with people not by your choice so like you get assigned to stuff right it's not like you know in college when you're spending time with individuals these individuals you have elected to spend time with you're like hey Kevin's a cool guy i'm gonna spend time with him Kevin's not a cool guy i'm gonna stop spending time with him it doesn't work like that in law firms or just any any sort of professional workplace right it's like you got to you got to deal with it and that that can suck a lot um so yeah like I was just like figuring out, like, what even are my criteria? Like, wh- like, what do I consider a success, right? Because yeah, there's like a quote-unquote performance-based bonus, but it's not directly proportional, right? It's like, you know, if I put in like an X amount of work, I'm probably getting like point zero two times X, right, in terms of like the reward monetarily. So, like, what uh, what is like going to motivate me, and like, what is going to make me happy? So, yeah, that was, was like, tough to figure out. Um, I think what it was is that you got to pay your dues, right? You got to prove yourself so that you can get more, like, substantive stuff. And also, like, not everyone's going to be a great person. There's going to be assholes, right? But then there are great people. they are also great people. And it's a very valuable skill figuring out who the great people are and how to avoid the assholes. And by avoid, I mean, like, can't totally avoid them but how to navigate them basically and that's a very important skill and it's not isolated to like the private legal sector I think so I think just having that work experience heading into law school just was it was like a it was like a little glimpse of what I would be expected to deal with once I graduated and I think a very important lesson that I learned is how to balance the things that are important to me which is like you know my girlfriend my friends and family it's like my sense of self, right? It's like yeah, like you got you got you have a ethical obligation to the client who's paying you money, right? But like you know, you just gotta keep keep yourself healthy, happy, and all of that, you know. So that's so the two years. It felt simultaneously so long, but also really short. And I wouldn't say it was like a overall net, like it was like it wasn't like all good. But if I had to do it again, I'll probably do it again. Because knowing what I took away from it, like the friends that I've I've, ga- I've gained, the mentors, and yeah, so I, I would it was it was tough, but yeah, that third stage after after high school and college, definitely a lot of lessons learned. How'd you end up picking that firm? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want this podcast to be like a Cobra and Kim commercial, but yeah, I mean, look, it, I always thought that I was going to go straight through. But yeah, I mean the the firm has this position called the analyst position, and a lot of a lot of pre law kids will do paralegal stuff if we're going to law school. That's kind of like not really helpful because it's like making binders and saving emails. And like, sure, maybe like they'll give you some like substance tests, but the analyst program is more like you actually get to do like legal research and like writing and factual research all under the supervision of attorneys, obviously, because we're not like we're not like trained to do it. But it's actually more affordable for clients because we're not, like, billing this attorneys' attorneys hourly rates, right? Anyway, so I was like, yeah, like, look, I might as well get a glimpse of what it's like. So I was like, screw it. Let's do it. Yeah, and, I, and I, I think that was, like, the rationale. I almost ended up doing TFA. I don't think I actually told you. I was, like, very close to just interviewing for TFA. But I had to change the interview date and it just, like, didn't get back to me. So I was like, all right, my choice is made. I mean, I, I decided between this firm and another firm, which also had a similar program, but this place, I don't know, it's, they had a bigger, they had a, this this place, it seemed like they had a bigger presence of analysts, because they had, the other place also had an analyst program, but it was like smaller, so it didn't seem like it was like a fundamental component of the business model of the firm. So yeah, that's, that's basically how I chose it.
0: And what was it like... Forming relationships with your coworkers as mentors, as teammates going through the struggle together, which would probably be other analysts, yeah, how was that experience your first time in the professional workplace?
1: Yeah, camaraderie is really, really important, um, but so is politics um and I think I was a little naive in the sense that i was I consider myself very successful in college in my leadership roles. You know, like, it's not just me, like, blowing my own horn, but I think my the organization that I led was objectively very successful. And how I did it was I organically got people to buy into the mission that I was trying to pursue, which is what I described earlier, which is making a positive difference, helping people find their sub-communities and pursue their passions. And that's, like, that's not something money can buy. It's not about money. It's about just doing good and when that's the motivating thing behind the team like you can get people to make sacrifices and stuff and like be less selfish because intrinsically that goal is not selfish you know what i mean it's not like hey guys let's pat our resumes it's more like hey we're not a super high profile we're not like the presidents of student council or anything like that but we have an opportunity to make a real difference let's do it But in the workplace, it's like people are there for money. People are there to advance their career interests. This is not like legal aid, right? It's the private sector. And so, and everyone's really overworked. And so in that context, how do you, and I was like often shoved into leadership positions that I was like not wanting to be in. Like, it's not like, it's not like class president, right? It's not like, hey, like you represent the class. It's like, look, you managed them, okay? And you're responsible for them. Like, I don't want to be responsible for these people. Like, you know. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of them are smart, but like, why do why does the buck why does the buck have to sell with me? I don't want that. Anyways, a lot of that, a lot of that ended up happening, and it's really tough because it's like I knew it's almost it almost was like I knew a certain type of way to do it, but when I tried to pursue that way, it wasn't working because it was just a fundamentally different beast, right? It's like if I'm trying to get, like, a horse to, like, go for it. Like, I know how to ride a horse. I know how to, like, get it to gallop, right? Like, gallop effectively. If you put me on, like, a zebra or something that kind of, like, looks like the same thing but, like, is, like, a very different beast, it's not going to work, right? It's going to get pissed off at me. And I'm going to get pissed off at it. So, like, a lot of that happened. I mean, at the end of the day, I still achieved my goals in terms of, like, my teams did what they were supposed to do, but it wasn't as, like, smooth of a ride, as it was in college um, so That was tough But I think like You know The strategy is just like I, I try to lead always by example You know Like leaders By definition Lead from the front Like you can't There's a difference between A leader and a dictator A leader and a director Right Like leaders have to be In the front lines So that people Can look at you And be like Alright so that's Where we're going and, and that's how We're going to do it That's what leaders do In my opinion so that's what I try to do. Like, if, there, if there's work, I made it a case to never leave before my subordinate. Like, I don't want to see subordinates. Like, the people that I'm responsible for, I had no power, okay? Like, I was just like, if someone, if someone messed up, I got all the blame. Someone did a great job, very little credit, okay? If they don't want to do something, I have no legal power to be like, I can't, like, fire anyone. Yeah, but basically the people that I was managing. Um, yeah, like, if, if, we, if there was work to be done... I I I I wouldn't leave earlier than them. Like I would make sure everyone, like, was cared for. But the thing is, not everyone would do that for me in return, and that's sad, right? And at the same time, though, and here's what I learned about myself: like, sometimes you just gotta do you, and there's a transactional cost to being you. You know what I mean? It's like, the, like, and what I mean by that is, it's not it's not free, being you. If if you know that. Like, for example, if I know that I'm not the type of person to feel comfortable leaving, like, before the people that I'm managing, when I could be helping them out, and I stay to help them out, but I also know that other people won't do the same for me, that's just the way it is. I just do what I want to do, what makes me feel good, what makes me feel happy. And the the transactional cost is, look, the world does not... Like unicorns and fairies and rainbows and stuff, right? People are going to be selfish. And yeah, you just got to be cognizant of that. You just got to like straight true to yourself. Because I think it's like very easy to become like super jaded and be like, look, oh, he doesn't do that for me. Fuck that. Like, I'll never do something like that for other people. Like, you know, if people won't return the favor for me, why would I do it? Why do I? Why would I be nice to people? Because I have my own stuff to do. And I think that's like, it's tough to balance that, I think. But one thing I've learned is that I'm just like a certain type of person. Like, people's respect matters to me like I, I i believe very much in earning people's respect so i don't want to be like that guy that supervisor who just like fucks off Like that's not really me but yeah like it's like a, it's like sort of like a burden to bear but just like kind of kind of the way i did it and yeah like not everyone was my friend you know but the friends i did make they are my friends i've i made some very good friends very smart awesome people so yeah like you take away what you can get i think
0: What are you gonna look forward to most in your next
1: pit stop? Next pit stop. Like so you mean like after law school? I guess being a lawyer. Law has law is tremendously powerful. And I don't know if I've ever given you this spiel, but like um I I'm like I'm a big fan of Harry Potter. Uh, and this quote is not in the books, but I believe it is in the movies. Where I believe at the end of the end of the series, Dumbledore says something like this to Harry, where basically he believes that, in his not so humble opinion, that words are the greatest source of magic, right? And lawyers are people who deal in the art of words, right? And it's words as a concept is fascinating to me because. There's no, like, biological evolutionary reason they exist, necessarily. You know what I mean? Like, if we couldn't speak, theoretically, we could still, like, hunt and stuff and, like, still survive. But so- uh, but at a certain point, we went from using air to, like, survive. Like, breathe in, breathe out. Perspire. Like, wick away the sweat so we can, like, run stuff down until it got tired to death. It went from that to, like, speaking to singing Right? And then letting invisible things that don't exist in anywhere except for like our heads bind us. You know what I mean? Like, for for example, like the Constitution, right? It's written down, sure, right? At the end of the day, it's words, right? A bunch of people got together and was like, all right, these words, we're going to let them govern us, right? When people pass laws, hey, this sentence is going to have a binding power. But the thing is, like other things that we describe as laws, like laws of physics. If I this this mug right now, I ha- I have it in my hand. If I dropped it, or if I actually just ceased to hold on to it, it would drop, and that's the laws of physics, right? Two plus two can't be five, contrary to like 1984. It's two plus two is four. It's a mathematical concept. It's the laws of mathematics whatever we decide to describe it as if we try to if we decide to describe the number 2 as like a blarg or something some like some different name for a number whatever like that concept signifies like these two numbers when added together it just that's just what they are like it doesn't depend on human beings right but when human beings say stuff like all right enslaving other people that is not cool okay like th- that could have been cool and it was cool for a very long time in the sense that people were okay with it. Like, that was the law. And then one day, people were like, no, that's not the law. We can't just wake up one day and say, look, gravity goes upwards. Gravity goes away from the center of mass or something. It doesn't work like that, right? So basically, like, the concept of being a lawyer, especially in these times when the force of law is separating families, is holding children hostage, when words are used to like when people are undermining our democracy when people are hacking our like election servers when people are trying to hide evidence of like corruption and everything like that you know like it's it's important the stakes are high and what i look forward to is law school is very theoretical as i've said But actually practicing law, it's like so, I mean, yeah, you you use the concepts, right? Like, yeah, you'll research case law, like how did the judge decide a case? But you're also interacting with people. You're figuring out the facts. In law school, professors give you the facts, talk about this. But as a lawyer, you're finding them out, right? It's like if you're a chef, you're like going fishing, pulling up the fish and then like figuring out what to do with it. Like and then like figuring out how to fish, where to fish, you know what I mean? So that's very exciting to me. And I think that's and I think what I want to do in my career is I wanna, you know, make a difference with the law. Because I think it exists to make a difference in people's lives. And like I said about how I define kicking ass, you know, I think I'll be kicking ass if I can make a positive difference in people's lives. And that's kind of what I want to do. Yeah, that's 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 what I want to accomplish in my life. And I think the best tool to do it with would be the law, with being a lawyer, you know. So that's 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 what I look forward to in my next pit stop.
0: How do we ass-kicking in that respect with ass-kicking for your loved ones around you?
1: I think, yeah, that's kind of different, I think. Because what I realize is being available sounds so simple, but so not, right? Because time is such a commodity, such a valuable commodity. And when your family needs you or when your loved ones need you, it's not like you put it on Google Calendar. It's like, hey, by the way, at this time, I'm going to need your emotional support, it's not something you can book in advance, right? By definition, these are things that just sort of kind of, like, come from left field, kind of, like, blindside you. And you got to figure that out. But it's like, normally, you want to be spending your days where, like, you're being putting things to the productive use. Your time is, like, not necessarily packed, but they're allotted, right? There's stuff that you're doing. So when stuff happens, I think to kick ass, to be an an ass kicker or whatever, would be someone that your loved ones can depend on, right? A couple of years down the road, let's say you need my help with something. I want to be there. I want to be able to help. That's, if I'm not, I will consider myself, even though it's not necessarily my fault, I'll be like, I feel like I could have done something better. I feel like I could be... I could be available. It's like that. It's like that concept of like you know like if you watch like cart- like cartoons right, like anime. Super big trope is like the main character wants to get power, right? They want to become more powerful so that they can like protect their loved ones, right? The people that matter to them. And honestly, like being a massive anime fan, maybe I want to like make it apply to me. But I think that's like a very big truth to that. And that, look, I'm not, become, I'm not, like, a Super Saiyan or anything. Like, I'm not capturing, like, rare Pokemon or something like that. And certainly, it's not like my loved ones are being threatened by some great evil or demon that is threatening the world, right? But the world is a very tricky place. And I want to be in a position where I have the power to not only get what I want career-wise, professionally, but also, like, when people need when the people i care about need my help i can give it to them and take care of their problems and that's a very different type of power right but i think it's very analogous to like what these like protagonists are doing in these works of fiction because what's the point of power if you can't be happy with it you know what i mean like you want to you want to help you want to be with your loved ones I think that's kind of like what it boils down to at the end of the day. You want to like be fulfilled and you want to make sure that the people you care about are fulfilled. Right? I think that's like the end goal really of like all of us. It's kind of like hard to get there cuz the world's like very competitive, right? And the world's very difficult, can be very unfair. I think I'm one of the luckier ones, very lucky. But, you know, it's not really it doesn't it's not a very equitable distribution of like fortune, I think.
0: And how much do you think about that valuable commodity time in terms of how you invest it to grow your career versus to help your loved ones, right? You know, for both of those paths, when you apply that time is crucial. Now versus when your parents are older. Now when your career is at a pivotal crossroads uh, versus later on when it's more developed. But to go further down the path, you have to spend, you know, each day, you have 24 hours, more and more time to develop it or else you won't get there. But at the same time, the other path grows dustier you lose contact with some of your friends yeah do you think about that a lot
1: every day every day yeah i mean look when i was when i was working at the firm right coming back home 8 9 p.m every day and then still having to answer emails it's not like i get home i'm done right if someone emails me i gotta respond because i'm on the payroll you know um and when, pe- when friends are like, hey, can you make it? There are times where I can't. And then when I, even when I do, I'm not, I'm not fully there. And I think that's, once again, that's like getting to the power aspect of it. In, in the sense that I want to be legit enough so that I have agency. In other words, I want to have enough of a grip on, on the stuff that I have professionally. So that I have the leeway. To be there for my loved ones. And honestly, I think it also works the other way around too, right? Because if you don't have your shit together with your family, it's gonna reflect in your work performance, right? If like your relationship is crumbling, or like if you if your friends have stopped inviting you out because like you just like don't show up, right? That's gonna affect you emotionally. Because at the end of the day, like my name is Tony Lee. My name is not employee of whatever ex-firm, you know? That's my professional obligation and I will do a damn good job at it, but that's not who I am necessarily. It doesn't define me, you know? Like, the memories that you have of me from the years that we've been friends, the memories and, you know, the, the hopes of all the people that love me and I love back, those are really kind of like who I am, right? As like a person. So I think... When you shore that up, when that, you know, when that balance is there, then you can, and you're in a better position, you know, you're be- you're better equipped to do the other things that you want to do in the other sphere, right? If you have your work, if your life is in order, your work will be in order. If your work is in order, you know, vice versa.
0: How's the balance now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say because my summer internship, was really great. Like, they weren't, we weren't, like, it was, like, more, like, I'm I'm working, like, 9.30 to, like, five thirty, 6, 6.30 every day. Which is, like, not bad. The commute is kind of killer, but I kind of brought that on myself because I'm commuting from home. From Bayside to Brooklyn, which, terrible. But, that's, a, that's an aside. But, yeah, like, it's just, I think that's the reason why I don't want the summer to end is because this is probably the best my work-life balance has been in a very long time because even at Columbia in college it's like there's problem sets there's exams there's applications there's studying to do and then other people have studying to do so like yeah you're closer but it's like it's making time is also difficult especially with like law school moving over your head and other stuff like finding a job um, but now during the summer it's like I feel like people are sort of like finding their feet almost it's like because it's been like three years for our, our year since we graduated. So for those of us who are like not back in school, it's like three years in like a consulting firm or something or like wherever, like software engineering. Like, yeah, like Alex who works at Google. Like he's like been promoted like multiple times now. Right. In three years, smart dude. Like he has a house, right? Kids got to figure it out. You know, but Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, I I would say that right now, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm very happy. Um, Probably the happiest I've been in a very long time. Especially, like, considering the last year was law school. Um, But I'm also just apprehensive because I know this is probably not what it's going to be necessarily once I keep going. Because if I start working in a law firm, it'll be... I will enjoy it in the sense for all the reasons I've given you know I'll probably be doing exhausted to work hopefully um, I'll be training my skill so it's valuable stuff right but in terms of like control over my schedule I'm probably going to lose a lot of that so I guess I'm just trying to enjoy it while I can
0: why not pick the 9 to 5 life after law school
1: eh. do
0: you feel like it's difficult or you know insufficiently paced for you to develop in the way you want professionally like at your
1: current internship as a full-time gig yeah so there's like these three factors where i think it's like for job it's like it's almost impossible for you to get all three which is one like free time two money and three like fulfillment slash purpose Coming straight out of law school to get a nine to five job, I'm not sure what nine to five job exists that would give me a sense of like purpose, like drive and also give me the money to like pay off my loans. Um, And I'll be graduating with a lot of loans and I need to start thinking about like, you know, starting a family, settling down and all that, right? But, but it's, like, difficult to do that with, like, a six-figure debt hanging over your head. So I think that's probably the biggest reason. Um, you know, one nine-to-five option is, like, let's say I were to do corporate law. And corporate law is, like, an area of the law that has to do not with, like, suing people, but more about, like, the, the legal, like, the fundamental structures and, like, you know, like, the checklist that one's, one has to, like, make sure everything is, like, met. Basically, like, dotting the eyes. Crossing the T's, but in like a really super complicated way. So like, you won't, like you should be paying people for it, theoretically. Um, let's say I work at a corporate law firm for a couple of years. One option is to just go in-house. So for example, like Barclays has an in-house counsel. And they're basically working nine to five, right? Because like their client, they don't really have a client. Like they're employees of the firm, right? Other lawyers are their clients, They're not getting paid that much. I think they're probably getting, like, a 90K to, like, low six figs, which is, like, certainly way above the American median. But it's, like, at that point, given, like, the time and money you've invested into a law degree, it's, like, it's also about the opportunity costs, right? Like, these people could be making, like, twice as much, if not more. But their lifestyle is better. I think a lot of, like, parents do it. Like, once they start having kids and they're, like, oh, wait. I enjoy spending time with my kids much more than whatever, you know, whatever work that I'm doing. And that's the case, yeah. Like totally, totally for it. So I think that's that's one option. I'm not sure if I necessarily want to do like corporate law though. Cause I'm not sure that really appeals to me. I'm more about like the lawsuit sort of like litigation. But yeah, that's one option. But to to but basically, you yeah, the answer as you described was probably just like money and what I added to it was kind of like. Like the purpose, the fulfillment of it, you know what I mean? Yeah.